The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 361. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Colin Moriarty, who will be here in one second. He's, he's filing his Japanese expense reports and all this stuff. He's almost done. He apologizes for being late. But over here in the ever-rotating third chair, the one and only pride of the sunset, Destin Legary. Hi, everybody. Hey, Destin. Now, Destin, Colin's not here. No, he's not. So you get to tell me the inside scoop. You get to be, you were in Japan with him. Yeah. Well, tell me everything. He hates Kickstarter. No, just <laughs> <laughs> He's coming around, he says. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not about him. What, what, tell me about Japan. TGS, what was it like? How'd you do? How'd you, uh, did you have fun? Did you like it? Did you see stuff? Japan was great. Uh, we got to see a lot of cool stuff. Uh, cool thing you saw. Got to play Bloodborne. Is that what that's I was top really, list? really excited. So I was really down on Bloodborne for a long really? time. And then uh, you get hands-on time with that game. Yeah. Totally changes my perspective. Like I was like, well, didn't you uh, like, I thought you liked Demon Souls and Dark Souls. I did. Okay. I love those games. I just don't like vampires and the whole uh, gothic sort see, of thing. See, that's what's bringing me into it. Is yeah. that I? I understood when I when I played Demon Souls, when I touched into, when I played a little bit of Dark Souls, I understood why people liked it. But like the setting and the motif of like knights and monsters, like I don't can't do this. No, thank you. Yeah. But in a gothic city that kind of looks like a city I would know, and you know, you have all these different things. I'm down for. Yeah, uh, getting to play it. I played as the new hammer guy. Okay. And uh, the guy who has, like, two blades. Oh, yeah. he is so cool. Really? Yeah. I don't know about the two blades guy. Tell me about him. Uh, so, like, his... I only know the guy who has, like, the blunderbuss and yeah. then something else. The, like... the weird sword yeah, that yeah, transforms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the blade guy has two stances. One, he has a sword and something else. I don't remember what the other thing is. I just switch to the other stance. Yeah. He, like, breaks it in half into two swords, and he's super quick. So, like, mm-hmm. he can jump all around you and, like, stab you to death. And uh, Nice. He was a lot of fun to play as. Okay. Hammer guy, he's a little bit more, you know, lumbering, slower, but his hits just do a ton of damage. Okay, so, I like yeah. that. Really, really enjoyed Bloodborne a lot. Okay, so so you're on board now. I'm on board. Yeah, I'm ready okay. for that game. As if you wouldn't be before, because you like the other ones just fine. I you knew like you were going to come around on this one. I needed to play it first. All right, all right. Yeah, but I'm sold. What's the next big story out of Japan for you? Next big story, uh, the Black Burger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Burger King has a Black Burger over there. Yeah. It's so, what, Squid Ink makes everything black on it or something? Something like that. It's like charcoal on the burger uh-huh. and then Squid Ink for the cheese. Uh, Char- yeah. Charcoal on the bun. Charcoal on the bun. Okay, the burger's yeah, already yeah. kind of dark. I don't, did, they, yeah, did they make it darker? Uh, I don't think they okay. did anything special there. Okay. But uh, Is it the mustard it, and ketchup? Is it black as well? I don't know. No, no, there wasn't any of that on it. Okay, so it's... Black it, buns, black cheese. It was cheese. a black. Oh, the, it was ketchup, and I think they did something to the ketchup, the ink. Yeah, in there. yeah, the, more of that squid ink. Yeah, and 
I took one bite and I'm just like, I can't do this. Was it? Did it taste any different? It I imagine it just tastes like a hamburger. So Altano and those guys, they ate it also, and they they thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, but I just ringing I, endorsement from IGN. Fine, <laughs> a fine burger. Uh, I couldn't do it. It was like saltier than normal, mm-hmm. and uh, I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that it was pure black, and like that so really it, threw you. The fact that it was just a black burger. I, I felt like there was a little bit of a fishy taste. Okay. And I can't do that in a hamburger. Like, meat should taste like meat, not yeah. like fish. And, like, I just, my brain couldn't process it. I'm like, I, if I eat another bite, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> so I couldn't do you it. You psyched yourself out. It wasn't even that the yeah. burger was gross. You were just grossed out by it. Yeah. That's not uh, good. Some of the other guys just like, yeah, it was fine. I stayed the whole thing. Mike Rancy probably ate the entire thing, right? Uh, I don't know. Brian Malkowitz did. Well, Brian Malkowitz is a real man. <laughs> Malkowitz did. Altano ate most of his yeah. and it stopped. What did Mitch do? Uh, he took a few bites. Yeah. You're yeah. Canadians. You got the weak stomach. You can't do yeah, it. See, that's the thing. Do it. Then we had sushi, okay. and that was fine. Yeah. Was so you really can handle good. the fishy taste on fish. Yeah. Okay. The sushi was great. Yeah, sushi's amazing. Ranskino is a really good spot, and uh, we went over there and had some sushi. And that Where was is, good. It? Uh, is it? Right by Japan? Akihabara Station. Okay. There's like a big fish outside of the thing. Thank you. And I'm like, there's no way this place is gonna be good. And yeah. it was amazing. Everything in Japan's amazing yeah. when you when you're eating sushi. Yeah. That's there's, there's no. It's not like a Safeway sushi here when you go to the supermarket <laughs> and you get it, you're yeah. like eh, whatever. This is a mistake. Yeah. Why did I go down this road? Yeah. No. It was huh. very good. Very okay. Tasty. Give me give me another story. Another story. Tell me all about Japan. Did you put your head okay. in the boobs? Remember? Did you see this thing? Uh, we saw. This, this is like the big. Yeah. Nobody here. And I mean, nobody as far as like the video game populace, right, was like super stoked about TGS or really talking about mm-hmm. it, right? Because there's not many games there yeah. that are pertaining to us. The one thing everyone was tweeting about it was like, I can't believe Oni Chambara. Yeah, these Oni Chambara yeah. things. You put your head inside a nipple. Nobody wanted that. They said no. Um, did you put your head in the nipple. No, I did not. <laughs> but I <laughs> did, did you think see... about doing it. No, I, I had no interest in. Well, maybe I would have looked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was another game there. Goku No Men or something like that. Okay. And there was uh, a woman dressed like a man lawyer, and there were women and men in line for a photo opportunity where this person, this actor, uh-huh. would uh, pretend to pounce on them in bed. They'd take a photo, and then it'd be like, all right, next person. And I was like, what is happening? Like, Did you get any explanation was... of what the game was or what this was a no, tie-in to? No. It was, uh, it was at Sunsoft. Yeah. Uh, that's all I know. Okay, that's it. Did you do it? <laughs> no, I had no idea what was happening. Yeah, what there, was, there was a huge line. Oh, okay, too. yeah. You couldn't so, use your flash yeah. or IGN badge? Uh, no. <laughs> they, they were like, oh, excuse They're me. They're like, we don't know who you are. I have, <laughs> I have 50,000 Twitter followers. I think I <laughs> yeah. should be allowed to go to the front of the line here. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us in the ever permanent second chair, the one and only, no taxation, Colin Moriarty. Our long national nightmare is over. You're back. I'm back. Yeah. And also, my expenses are done. Thank you. I don't God. know how many. Uh, so, this is the second time I've been in Japan. And the first time I went, I was like, wow, I have no idea what any of these receipts say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next time I go, I'm going to write on every one of them <laughs> and say what they were for. And this time I get back and I just have 50 receipts and I don't know what any of them are for. Mm-hmm. So everything was basically a guess. Yeah. I kind of, it was kind of brilliant actually because I figured out, well, the, t- the timing on like the, the, sure. the only thing that's in English are like the dates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm, like, I'm like, at this point, I was at Bandai. And yeah. at this point, mm-hmm. I was at Square. And it's blah blah blah, and I think I figured it all out, so I submitted my expense reports. But boy, it was arduous. I'll yeah. tell you what. It's a long. I hate expenses. Period. Let alone when they're in another oh language. Oh my god! And I had a, our back. Our back end can't support yen. Oh, so, it does now. Yeah, it does, but it's too yeah. late. Like, cause I already. I, so I started converting everything. Oh, I had really? to convert everything manually. <laughs> <laughs> What's the exchange rate? It's like. Uh, Point. Yeah, it was like point nine two or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. Which is awesome for us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like lunch was like you know a beautiful bowl of ramen was like seven dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, did that's... you have fun? 
Yeah, I love Japan. Yeah. It's fun over there. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting place. What's the best thing you saw? Tales of Hysteria. Okay. Why? Because it's awesome. Just a different. <laughs> it's like interviewing Very a kid. <laughs> it's just a different kind of tales why, game. I think people are really gonna. Enjoy why is Michelangelo it. your favorite Ninja Turtle? He's awesome. <laughs> He's great, man. He tells the jokes. Uh, no, it was cool. I, I really enjoyed Japan. I, you know, I really loved the culture over there and the society there. Very patient people. Yeah. <laughs> and you love. As sushi. I walk up to everyone, oh, I, hate, I don't love sushi. <laughs> oh, some of the food we had was hilarious, though, dude. Harold. Uh, yeah, Harold uh, Aransky uh, and uh, Altano. We went to this place and to- like. It, and we went to like a deep cut in Tokyo. We got yeah. off the we got off the train in a, a place that was like not no tourists. Like it was like just businessmen and like everyone getting off of work. Yeah. And uh, we found this one restaurant. We go in, you know, we take our shoes off, you know, we all around the table, and uh, there's this thing, this huge fish like on a on a wooden board, and they like cut it up and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it said it was for five people. <laughs> so Altano and Aranti ordered it for themselves, and it was just this huge, this gigantic fish that they just killed like right before they brought it out. And then all this these slices of the fish, we named it Harold and made oh a backstory <laughs> about how he was killed and his wife was looking for him. Yeah. In the coral, the he left, sure, the, he left the coral in the morning. Yeah, yeah, never uh, seen again. Never seen him again. M- missing posters all. And then form. a few days later, we went to uh, a sushi place next to the uh, to the uh, Gundam Cafe, and we were kidding around that we were eating uh, Harold's wife. Damn, <laughs> you guys, you we guys, get dark. <laughs> you, don't, you don't play <laughs> around. Dark in Japan. You don't play around when you're yeah. eating formerly live things. Which are, now, did you do the black burger? With no. Everybody? So in the the video, <laughs> you be- love b- black burgers. Oh my god, I didn't want no part of that. Just looking at it made me want to throw up. The, we went to Burger King. Um, we were down in Akihabara, and uh, so the video is gonna be funny. I think the video is gonna go up soon. But I'm I'm gonna be seen just eating a regular Whopper, like making fun of why everyone else is like suffering and gagging over this thing, and I'm just like chowing down on a beautiful <laughs> American style Whopper. It was great. Mm, mm. The ramen was awesome. We had uh, lots of meat, lots, just a heinous amount of meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Uh, ya- yakinori? No. Yakiniku. Yakiniku. Yeah. Which is the uh, very good, yeah. Which is like when you grill your own meat, mm, mm. and uh, one night we just went really, really hard on on that, and it was just, I was just so ashamed of myself. You guys, <laughs> you guys had intestines for the first time, yeah. Really chewy. What did you think? I didn't like it. Yeah, some I, some people some people did. Mm-hmm. Beef tongue's good. Tongue's awesome. Uh, horse flesh? No, I didn't do <laughs> the horse. I don't think we ever and anyone ever ended up doing it. No. Um, but no, Japan's cool. They're very patient because you know. I, I, just walk up to them and say, you know, you speak English, and you don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah. You know, like in Europe, a lot of folks over there speak English, and it's just I hate being like the typical American overseas. Like I don't, you know, I can say hello and goodbye and please and all that kind of stuff, but I can't communicate with you. And yeah, the only way this is gonna happen is if we point. Meet onagashimas. <laughs> yeah, or like, and you don't and pointing's, you know, it, not really, you know, it's kind of you're not really supposed to point to things. Did and, you get mm-hmm. over the money tray? Did you start giving? Yeah, I, money saw, I was much better Good. on the money tray. Good. The first time I couldn't get over the money tray thing. I kept handing people money, and it's it's rude. Oh yeah, you're supposed to you're put supposed to put in the tray, tray and hand in the tray. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to for this dumb American to, <laughs> to figure out this this brash American. Yeah. It was, it's a great country. Well, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Uh, there are ten items on the list. Ten, a baker's dozen. Yeah, a baker's wow. dozen. Uh, let me just take a sip. You didn't do it loud enough. Nobody knows you're drinking. I do like it. 
Uh, you you're just the loudest swallower. You know what I'm doing. I'm, see, the worst part about it is, is because Cheryl does the same thing when she tries to annoy me. I'm yeah. like, it's worse when you don't try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, in your well, normal habitat, your yeah, it's just yeah. it's just unacceptable. I don't understand how it could possibly be so loud. You're like pushing the water back. You don't <laughs> Are you have to just let purpose? it. Just, <laughs> let, just let it flow. It's one of those. You don't. I don't ever think about how I swallow or how mm-hmm. I drink. Right. So like, just hold on. Really? That's normal? I don't know, was it? I don't Jesus know, because now I'm thinking Christ. about it. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I like, didn't hear that one. That one was okay. It's, well, it's because I'm grinning, too. <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> You're a allowed giant jackass. You're allowed swallower. Number one. Destiny has officially broken records in North America. It's the fastest selling and most played PS4 game to date, according to Sony. And the game has driven hardware sales not seen since the Christmas season of 2013. As of nearly a week ago, Destiny has supported over 11 million game sessions on PS4 alone and was the most broadcast game via PS4 share functionality. The game made $325 million across all platforms it's available on in the first five days and is the best selling new game franchise ever. Colin. Yes. You started playing Destiny. Yes, I did. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I started playing it. Level How, 7. Level 7, what do you think? Let everybody know. Uh, the mechanics are very fine. Very fine mechanics. Very fine mechanics. Uh, like a fine wine. Yeah, I, I think the, the, you know, the game's fun to play in bursts. It's just it's already becoming very repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you go around empty landscapes and groups of... And you can make enemies respawn at will, I've realized, which is really, mm-hmm. really obnoxious. In specific places, too, it happens over and over again. If you walk away just like a little bit, they yeah. go back there, Get there to the again. cave. That loot cave. It's, it's like Mega like Man. You move the screen. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. I was going to say, it's very NES-like. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. Um... The worlds are very... I've only been to the moon and to, like, the Cosmodrome so far, but it's really cool locations. It's just, like, you keep going back to them. Yeah. There's, like, nothing in them. There's, like, nothing really to find. No one to interact with unless you're, like, you know, I just shut my fire teams off so no one bothers me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Leave me alone in this multiplayer game. With that said, like, it's fun. There's something about it that's fun to play. I just think it's, like, a super vacant game. I'm surprised by how empty it is, Mm. considering Mm. how long they worked on it. There doesn't seem to be that much in the game. Sure. Uh... The the big thing, the big, like, two big things to me that stick out as bad are the load times are egregious. Like, oh, when you're like, waiting for your like, spaceship, yeah. we go? Ridiculous. About, like, load times are just insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe how bad the load times are. Um, and Peter Dinklage's voice acting is terrible. Just absolutely <laughs> atrocious. And, like, I can't, I, like, a, a lot of people were saying, like, well, he's supposed to be a robot. So I'm like, come uh-huh. on, man. Like, it, it's so bad. It's Have so you played bad. Multiplayer? Uh, no. Uh, okay, I was gonna get your opinion on the the multiplayer announcer. It's like go get them, Guardian. Yeah, it's like Terrence Stamp. It's like <laughs> yeah. getting you're getting things from uh, Jor El and Smallville or General mm-hmm. Zod, depending on how old you are. You're in the lead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> F- what is it? Uh, a loss is not a failure, just a <laughs> setback. On they're like, what are you talking he, about? He's like <laughs> so monotone. Yeah, and like it seems like he also kind of phoned it in. I mean, like we say they're phoning it in. They are in a booth getting direction. Yeah, and I'm sure they're like, bring it down, and you're a robot. You need to be like this, or you know, you're this sentient yeah. being that is like the voice of the traveler. You need to just be on. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, bad. It's like strange. his voice acting annoys the shit out of me. It doesn't annoy me. I think. It, I mean, like you would have been. You should have played it in the beta when they had none of the. There was no robot effect on it. Maybe mm-hmm. it was the alpha or whatever. I was confused, but there was no robot effect. So it was just Peter Dinklage being like. That wizard came from the moon. <laughs> and everybody's like, "What the hell's wrong with this thing?" It's like that. The there's conflicting production values in the game. Like mm. the world is beautiful, textures are really nice. Like draw distance is awesome. There's like a lot of like really great things in the game, and I think that they've created a nice foundation for yeah. future iterations with DLC and making the world more alive. And hopefully, like a sequel will make the game better. But well, I think they're just gonna keep adding content to it, right? I, That's the hope. Yeah, they already have two DLC packs announced, and they have like the Queen's thing going on Today, right now. Yeah, I want to play that. Yeah, I'm gonna later. What level do I need to be? 
somewhere in the 20s. Okay. I don't know. I, didn't, I just haven't checked into it. Yet. Yeah. It looks good. It's it's interesting. I was actually most intrigued. Like, people were, you know, I was talking to people on Twitter about it. Like, I my expectation with Destiny was that it was going to be great. And when, you know, and I wasn't really interested in it. I was like, well, it's not really for me. I was actually became more interested in when people started to say, like, it's not very good. Because yeah. I was like, what? like how, how? <laughs> you know like that was actually like, really intriguing me and that's what i when i was in japan i'm like i gotta play this game because what how can this be bad like bungie's so, so good mm-hmm. and the it looks great yeah um, and it's not i don't think people are saying it bad i think they were just saying it's no, it is what it is it. and it's just mediocre or like you know i think it's fine i just think that you know from what i've played so far i can see the complaints already i can see myself getting totally tired mm-hmm. of this game what if they had another six months could they have fixed it I don't know. I mean, I think you would need... I To me, like, I think you need lots of time to fill out that world. Like, I don't even really understand what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where... How do I get side quests? And, like... Bounties. Who, and where's all the... Where all, where's all the loot? I've only had, like, four treasure chests in the so entire game. Like, where... Like, I just... Borderlands... You're not even into the tower yet, are you? I have no idea. The, <laughs> yeah, bo- okay. The, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. and no, I don't the mean, game doesn't hold your hand at all. It's no. very much like, hey, wake up, Guardian. It's going to seem crazy at first because you've been dead for a while. Yeah. But it'll make sense. And like, no, then it doesn't. No. You're just like, what? Yeah. That's the other thing is the squandered story. Like The, the, the intro is so cool. Yeah. about you know, And the, tr- the, the idea of the Traveler and, like, is, like, is so cool. Like They don't they seem to it. do anything with it. It's just weird. Like I don't, I don't understand how they didn't nail this, yeah. mm-hmm. considering the money and the time and the pedigree. There are a lot of questions about that, Destiny. A lot are coming from what you're saying. We'll start with Jacob. Jacob says, Beyond. 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 Thank you. Do you guys think Destiny suffers from the same hype that Rage did? I felt like Rage was a good game for what it was, but felt disappointed that it was in Borderlands slash Fallout style RPG shooter. The same thing seems to be happening to Destiny. Everyone expected a giant 50-hour MMO type story. I think both games are fun, but it seems like all I see is hate for this game. I don't think Rage had the same marketing budget Destiny had, honestly. Like, uh, that was a, you know, new IP that, who published that? Bethesda? Uh, Bethesda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They took a chance on it. Uh, it's not Activision money, though. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, the thing, I've been having this conversation with a friend where we're talking about Titanfall and Destiny, right? Titanfall came out and people are like, there's no private matchmaking, there's no this, yeah. whatever, and people burned out on it quick, but everybody in reviews is like, 9.0. Yeah. Great, you know, it's amazing. It's so much fun to play, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Whereas Destiny comes out, oh, there's not this much content. It's so much fun to play, 7.8. And yeah. people are, what's the difference here, right? The, the, both are disappointments in a way. This is happening, da, da, da. For me, it comes down to expectations. And I really feel like people had it built up in their head that Destiny was going to be first-person shooter, MMO, Mass Effect. Yeah. And you're going to get this amazing story and connect with your character and explore different worlds and blah. And I never thought that. So when I came in and played it and I was like, oh, it's just like like DC Universe Online side quest and playing yeah. the same dungeon over and over again to get a better droot and get my, oh, great, I'm totally uh-huh. in. And I'm not disappointed in it, but I never expected it to be, man, I'm going to get lost in the character I'm building that doesn't even have a name. <laughs> it just has my PSN name, you know yeah. what I mean? That I can't change their hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's about coming back for better loot. I really like the combat. The combat yeah. is, is fun, but you do it, that's all you do. You know, it's just the same combat over and over right. and over again. Seems like the same enemies, too. Like, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. like... I don't know. I, like, I, I played Rage for about 10 hours. I was really excited about that game, and then other things came out. Yeah. Rage is a better game than Destiny. Mm. And, the and like, for sure. It's got, like, mechanically, it is untouchable with those kinds of games, like, with shooters. Think mm. about Doom, Doom 3. You know, like, like the shooting is very fine in, in, in that game. And th- that game had more of a story and more of a, a, a structure, much more of a structure than Destiny does. Sure. Um, Rage is, like, a forgotten game, basically, but I think Rage is 
from the I've played them about equivalent time. I've actually played Destiny less than I played Rage, but from what I've seen so far, like Rage is a better game than Destiny. Um, it's just surprising. Like De- Destiny is just empty. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I don't. I've only played it for you know five hours or so maybe, and and it's it's already obvious to me like that it's not going anywhere. Like, I I want, but I want to play more of it because it's fun. Right, that's the weird thing. That's, that's like, the weird. Like mm-hmm. it's definitely fun to play. Me, yeah. I, I I think I said this last week too, but I'm sure somebody's new to the show. Uh, <laughs> last week or week of Destiny's release, which I'm already so lost in mm-hmm. timelines. But I remember Brad from Giant Bomb tweeted like he totally get I totally get everybody's complaints, but this is all I want to play. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I agree, and I totally the same thing. I read the reviews, I see the score, I'm like I totally see that, but. I'm jonesing right now to yeah. go home and play, let alone go home and play the new content, right? Yeah. I'm going to Chicago on Thursday. It, it's gone from, <laughs> I can take a weekend off, too. I'm going to bring that PS4, I think. Oh, I almost <laughs> brought my PS4 to Japan. Yeah. See, yeah. like, it's it's just that we, and all it is is that, it's that, you know, that loop, right? That mm-hmm. that loot loop of, like, well, there's always, I'm always one, oh, I'm so, getting so close to light level 23. Yeah. And it's, like, just a little bit more time, whether it be at the mm-hmm. cave or whether it be running a strike uh, playlist. I'm going to yeah. get it. You know what I mean? Then I get that helmet. Or those boots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When's my next? When am I gonna get a legendary? Yeah, this, that, exactly. and the other. So yeah, I'm having fun. We got more though here. You ready? Sure. You got more because there's a lot of people want to talk to you, Colin. They like okay. you a lot. They've missed you. Francis <laughs> writes in and says, "Beyond, beyond the three musketeers of podcast." So with the post, with the post release of Destiny, people were so ready and so excited for this new game to come out. There was nonstop talk about it. But now that it's out, so many people are complaining. The story is so easy. The game is going to die out just like Titanfall and so on. Now. I'm not a big fan, but I tried it, and it's a fun game to sit down and lose yourself as a stress reliever. Can the three of you answer as to why you think gaming is no longer about just enjoying games and having fun, but now about your KD or beating the game or even having more trophies than the next person? That's a really tough question, actually. Yeah, right? I mean, it, I think it goes back in a way. It, now that we're all connected online, right, there, mm-hmm. there's so many more stats to compare to each other. Yeah. And that's the big thing. Remember when it was, you'd go play Mario, you'd be lost in your own world. I'm mm-hmm. talking about NES, Super NES, right? And then you'd go to school the next day and talk about what you found or how this happened, blah, blah, blah. But there wasn't, like, the constantly you could be in somebody's face about being better than them or showing what you've done or this, that, or the other. That's a good point. But you don't have to play multiplayer. You know, kitty ratio comes in there into account there and uh but you i guess you still do compete about your level yeah or like what gear you got um i don't know why, why our game is becoming more about that or is this just one game that's happening i mean i that? think he's also talking about the fact that people are all like critical of it now right after the <laughs> fact that all oh, the stories in this blah, blah, blah. i think it's just that it's so much easier to talk to each other about games now i remember mm-hmm. growing up when i was the only kid in my group that liked games right like the only source i had to talk about games then was the next issue of game pro or egm yeah. Like, I couldn't, like, I beat, you know, Spider-Man on PS1. I couldn't walk into school and be like, hey, everybody, what did you think of the Doc Ock battle? I was like, what? Yeah. They don't know what you're talking about. I remember teaching uh, some of my friends how to do, like, Scorpion's Fatality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, Mortal Kombat, it's like, oh, it's block up, up, check it out. And then yeah. they do is pull a skull and whatever. And, like, that's about the extent of my interactions. Like, yeah. teaching people really simple things in video games. We do live in a place now, though, where it's so, you know, everybody, wants to, everybody has an opinion, and now you can express it, so then it gets overwhelming to an extent, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think games like this, you know, Activision set the bar really high for this game. They mm-hmm. wouldn't shut up about it. The, you know, come the summer with the alpha and the beta and all those kinds of things and all the commercials, they set expectations really high. They talked a big game with this with Destiny, and yeah. didn't, didn't, it's not living up to the big game talk, you know? Mm-hmm. And when a game lives up to things, people aren't critical about it. You know, like, it, it really, it's nothing's changed, I don't think. When you think about a game that, like, was ubiquitous, like Skyrim, it had problems on PS3, but generally, like, people really love that game and won't yeah. shut up about mm-hmm. it because it's good. Yeah. 
You know, Same thing like with Last of Us. Yeah, and The Last of Us, or you know, there's a ton of games that are like that. And when you don't, when you hype a game up. And then it doesn't live up to expectations. The same thing happened with Titanfall, and and now it's happening with Destiny. Like, you know, obviously people are going to speak yeah. loudly because that's their right to do that. Um, I don't think really anything's changed um, in that sense. I just think Destiny has been has resonated with people because they've been waiting for it and they're excited about mm-hmm. it, and they were they feel like they were maybe even more a little misled about it, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I don't have like deep thoughts about Destiny right now in that in that sense because I haven't played enough of it. But I totally see where people are coming from mm-hmm. just already, you know. And if it, and if and if I feel like that now, I can't imagine the the potential cliff this game's gonna fall off of if I keep playing it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. so I, I can see myself playing this game a little bit more. I kind of want to just see the story through, and then I'll probably just never play it again. Um, I think even with all the negative reviews, people seem to want to keep playing it. Like I keep hearing on Twitter, oh, I can't wait to play the Queen's thing tonight, and yeah. people want to keep coming back. I'll be interested to see where is that cliff going to happen. You know, it or feels will like, it happen? What if people just stick around? I mean, Colin is the outlier here, right, because he's not going to play with other people. And yeah. I feel like it's the people that keep you coming back, right? And that's mm-hmm. why, when I keep going back to the story of, like, I just don't care that there's not a story in this game, which is super rare for me, but it's because I'm building the narrative with the people I'm playing with where I'm just talking about what's happening, and then, oh, we ran into tough here. There's this, you know, watch out. There's a you know wizard over there. We have to be careful ever. We keep losing yeah. trying to get this guy free. And so I think by the time – that's like quicksand, right? By the time you're like, well, I'm just doing the same thing over, but I've been having fun, and I'm also so close to whatever yeah. level I'm almost <laughs> yeah. at now. I might as well keep going. Mm-hmm. Who and knows? I, and I think that you know, the gameplay is really great. So, in games that have great gameplay hooks, you do the same things typically over and over again. Whether it's mm-hmm. you know a great platformer, Rogue Legacy is a great example of that. Rogue Legacy was really engaging, but you were doing the same thing over and over again. So, that's not necessarily an insult in and of itself. It's oh, yeah. just that like when the hook is only gameplay, and then everything else is boring or sterile, sure. basically. Mm-hmm. Like sure. in a game that has such great potential and kicks off with such a bang. It's like what? Ha- like where did, did they just fire the writer? Like after the first scene, they were well, like, actually, we don't need writing. <laughs> You know, like, like, well, didn't they, they didn't fire their writer? Didn't they? they fired he their, left though. Their composer like before it was. Uh, no, the writer left. No, Frank, the writer left Bungie. Frank O'Connor. Statham. Right? No, sorry, my bad. Joseph Statham. I'm not a big. It's just like it's I don't want to say names. Guy. I'm probably wrong on the name, but I know one I'm of the main one of the main writers took off, and the composer. A bunch of stuff happened there, so. Yeah, it could have had a major impact on that story. I mean, they'll get a, they'll get another crack at it, I'm sure. But well, I mean, it, like the whole thing is, I keep talking about this, and you know, Christina bite my face off when I say it's an MMO, because it's not technically, you know yeah. what I mean. But it's, it is. It's like an MMO yeah. in the same way that I really feel six months from now, two months from now, it won't look the same. And mm-hmm. so if we've already, if if it's if the gameplay hooks are enough to get me to level 25, right, and then I burn out, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stop for a while. Eventually, mm-hmm. gonna be like this new content pack adds this, that, and the other, and then a new mission here and a new mission there, mm. and suddenly you have something where you're not running the same strikes three times a night. Yeah, I want to platinum it, honestly. Jeez. Like, all the uh, the trophies are pretty easy to get, except for three, where you have to, like, max out you one of each old, of the yeah. classes. Uh, I might not get, though. Those are, like, the two I won't get. I'll max out the one I started with, but after that. Joshua Rubin, writer of Destiny, leaves Bungie to work on the Telltale Game of Thrones game is what I have. So the game was already probably written at that point. I mean, yeah. The, the, yeah, it's August 20, 2014, so... I, I don't know. It, it, to me, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think everyone's totally right. Like that, the, the gameplay oh, right. looks there, and people are going to. Then creative director and writer Joe State Staten. Yeah, I was right. Leaves Bungie. Okay. Um, but that was in 2013 September. Yeah, but oh, uh, well. you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I mean, I'm just so intrigued by the 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 response to this game, and uh, I wonder if Activision and Bungie are. I'm sure they're not. So no, they're getting they're, so much money. They don't. Care. I know. They well. 
you might they might care i mean because I'm sure they care the creative side of them care like the activision mm-hmm. side no offense to activision i'm not saying they're a bad company they're a company they're excited about their bottom line and what's happening yeah bungie is probably taking harder than anybody that people aren't like super like oh this world is so amazing and yeah. i love every planet and everything it just shows, just goes to show you have to deliver man yeah do you, you think know? that's why staten may have left like they just weren't putting enough emphasis on the story because he's like the lore guy for Bungie. Maybe. Right? It's possible. And they're just know. like, yeah, we're going to focus on gameplay, worry about story later. He's like, so what am I going to do? Sit here and twiddle my thumbs? Let's, see what, gonna... let's see what the article said. You can, <laughs> we can move on with the Roper Report. Sorry. No, uh, I'm oh, sorry. We're trying to deliver the news yeah. <laughs> and we're not. Like, after, here's what he said on his uh, official studio site. He posted the following statement. After 15 great years at Bungie, from the battlefields of myth to the mysteries of Halo and beyond. 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 Thank you. I'm leaving to tackle new creative challenges. Well, this is just a PR answer. Yeah. It's been my pleasure building Bungie the past four years. Big summer. I was sharing with him. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't say anything. All yeah. Right. Number two. PlayStation TV, known as Vita TV in Japan, is set to launch in North America on October 14th and Europe and November 14th. And Sony has confirmed that around 700 games will be playable on it at launch. This number includes Vita games compatible with the system as well as digital PS1 classics and PSP games. I'm going to get one. Dalian writes into beyond at IGN.com just like you can to be part of the show and says beyond. Beyond. Hello. Come on, Justin. Yeah, yeah, you haven't even invited Drop, back here again. Ah, McCaffrey's broken you. <laughs> beyond. Unlocked. Hello. No. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Greg, right. Colin, and whoever else decided to show up this week. I was looking at some comments online about the PSTV, and I've noticed lots of confusion just as I expected. Some people think that it has a UMD slot for PSP games. Some people think it's only for PlayStation now, but most people just don't understand it at all. As a longtime listener, I've heard your coverage on it since it was announced in Japan as the PlayStation Vita TV. Do you think that by dropping the term Vita from the name for its North America release, it's confused a lot of people. Thanks for all the great coverage. I look forward to every episode. Probably, but I mean, no one knew what the hell it was anyway, so. Yeah. I mean, it's still this weird. Vita has no resonance. It's still this super weird uh, device that I don't, it's another one of the, it's another PlayStation device that's aimed at a market that is super niche. You know what I mean? Like, you have to really be interested in what this thing is to understand what it is. I'm confused. Are you? (laughs) Yeah, so we saw the Vita TV thing last year at TGS, right, Colin? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a PlayStation TV that you don't need a Vita. Do you need a Vita for it's, it? It is the same hardware. It's, it's the PlayStation. This it's is just the renamed. Vita TV. So do you need a Vita to use it? No, no. that's the whole point. How does it work? It's a. Li- it's like a deck of cards. It's like it's a box. About, yeah, it's this big. You put it on. You connect it to your TV. You can put Vita game cards in. Is there okay. internal memory? Can you put memory cards in? I think. Th- yeah, I think you can put your own. So you can transfer your memory card. So this is a cool thing. I didn't realize this. You can take your memory card out of your Vita and put it into the Vita TV and it works. Now, you can't okay. transfer your memory card from Vita Vita to Vita, but you can do it from one Vita TV to one Vita, as far as I understand. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Shahid from uh, we Sony XDev uh, tweeted about this. Um, as long as your name is the same and you would somehow properly associate the two. Um, the cool thing about it that they're not they're not playing up, which is, I think, the most important thing it does, is that it's a proxy for your PS4. Yeah, it's, it's remote play. Um, so you can have the thing hooked in. So you can have a PS4 on one TV, yeah. and then your bedroom, you can have that hooked into it, and it'll read your PS4, and you can play your PS4 without bringing it into your room. So Kind of like remote play, but better? Well, it'll probably be the same. I, I think don't. it's exactly remote play, right? Because yeah. imagine the box on your TV is just a Vita without a screen or controller. Yeah. Right? That's all you need to think of. So you like. need to use the Vita c- to control the box. No. You need a, you use a controller. Well, that's better then. Right. But, yeah. I mean, you're still going to have the same thing with latency and everything else. And there's compatibility yeah. issues too, and not all Vita games work on it. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I'm gonna play Freedom Wars on it. I think it's gonna be awesome. But uh, I and I'm definitely gonna get one. But I'm more excited about the PS4 functionality of not having to move that friggin' box all over the place now. Um, I'll believe when I see it. <laughs> what? 
I don't. I, I mean, I'm not. I, I'm worried about playing. Like I was playing Destiny in the room, you know, with the PlayStation Four, and that had enough lag where I was like, I'm not doing this. So Aransky let me play his Vita and play Destiny while we were in Japan on his home console. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot believe this is working. And was it, it really good? It was no. Yeah. Like. It looked good. Everything looked good, but it was on about a two-second delay, which is phenomenal because I'm sure. in Japan sure. playing on his console in Walnut Creek, California. It's like certain games yeah. work really well and others don't. Like when I was, I you know, when PlayStation 4 launched, I went up to Seattle and I played Assassin's Creed my on Vita in Seattle from my mm-hmm. SF uh, unit of PlayStation 4, and it was great. It was totally great. Totally, it worked. It was you know fantastic. But then yeah, yeah in the same room playing Destiny on it using Wi-Fi, not a direct connection, because yeah. my PS4 is down. I so same house, whatever. Yeah, uh, it just wasn't. Didn't it work. wasn't good enough. Like uh, my aiming wasn't as precise, and I was like, I can't. And I was just doing the the cave. I was like, oh, I'll just farm the cave, and I was yeah. like, yeah. No. Maybe it depends on the uh, the type of game. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. <laughs> Uh, number three, more Destiny. Destiny has received another update, update 1.0.1.4. I hope yeah. it makes the game easier. Nerfs missions associated <laughs> with Shrine of Oryx, Sword of Crota, and Exclusion Zone will no longer contain major enemies when played on heroic tiers. Additionally, this update fixes a bug that precludes some people who completed the Vault of Glass raid from getting loot, as well as employing some other fixes. More updates are naturally incoming. Lol. So I hosted the fix today. That's why I knew that. Story. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just like the idea that you spent three hours doing the Vault of Glass raid, and then all of a sudden you can't get any oh more loot. <laughs> You're like, what the hell? What if you finally beat it? You just get nothing. Yeah, yeah, Well, I mean, that's kind of a joke going around on Twitter, right? They have the Crypt Arc and the other yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, Just like, oh, but you got a legendary engram? Well, that's going to be a green. Yeah, yeah, A green you don't need. They should. They need to fix that. They do. Loot is broken in that game. Like yeah. uh, the engrams especially. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. needs to be fixed. Yeah. I still don't even understand like the loot system in the game at all, yeah. by the way. You're looking I've for these little like, hexagonal soccer balls that glow yeah. green or blue or purple or whatever. You pick them up. Then you take him to the dude. He turns what him dude? into stuff for you. The dude. There's a guy on the, the tower. tower. He, I don't even think you're in the tower yet if you're seven. He, he, but he's on the moon. You can go to the moon and not go to the tower. Really? I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't care. I don't know. What I think. It all runs together. together. <laughs> Number four. Final Fantasy 15 is officially 55% complete. According to the game's director, <laughs> that was there for they, that they interview. I was there, yeah, we were, I was there for the, uh, We were there for that interview. I thought that was an interesting number. 55. The game has been in development for about eight years, going back to the days of Final Fantasy versus uh, 13. But he assures the game will be done long before eight year, another eight years elapses. Perfect. Knowing that the move from last gen to current gen consoles happened about two years ago, I would expect with that number that we'll see 15 uh, in 18 months or so. Yeah, the game. Yeah, not put a 15. It, Mitchell Morgan, increase. put it in the app. Uh, yeah, I think I think if you consider two years, 55% complete. Yeah, I, I no later than holiday 2016, but probably sooner than that. That's my prediction. Uh, think, so I'll, I have a prediction. Mm. There's going to be DLC of different cars from the Final Fantasy series. I have a prediction. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on in that game either. <laughs> that's not a prediction. That's just a statement. Okay. When it, we saw the trailer before it was anna- or before it was released, we saw behind closed doors that we went to Square Enix. Very impressive building, by the way, over there in Tokyo. Mm. And especially uh, during an earthquake. Yeah, and it was an earthquake <laughs> we were there. Uh, and. Uh, I was just like, the game looks really pretty and the combat looks fun, but I'm like, I don't know what's going on in this game. What is going on? Ah, you're staring at it like, ah. this is not what we need for four Final guys Fantasy. rolling around in a car. Yeah, like good. This, like... Is, this is perfect. This really invokes <laughs> this really invokes the greatness of the previous Final Fantasy games. Uh, number five. This is good. This is good news. Speaking of Final Fantasy 15, Tetsuya Nomura is no longer on the project. 
Hajime Tabata, who we just were talking about before, who directed Final Fantasy Type-0 and Crisis Core, stepped into the chair after co-directing the project with Nomura. This is good news, however, as Nomura has officially moved over to Kingdom Hearts 3, Ooh. indicating that the long-awaited project has kicked in full gear alongside Final Fantasy 15. And I don't think you're going to be seeing that game anytime soon. Case 3. Yeah, I can't that I can't imagine that game's out before holiday 2017. Damn. Why, they, why would they even tease us with that trailer? I don't know. Like that was two years ago. Please now? be excited for Kingdom Hearts three. Considering Me? how much, yeah. tr- no, considering I'm how much trouble they're having just getting games out, mm-hmm. like with the, like big games like Final Fantasy fifteen, mm-hmm. and the, considering the fact that a lot of the same team and leadership as we've seen has been working on fifteen, and now some of them are moving to Kingdom Hearts indicates that the game is not even really in production. Yeah, like I, I I don't know for sure, but it just doesn't seem like you would you know you might need a director uh, been, for that. There's time. been trouble over there just with Sony in general and Square. Hopefully they get it together. Yep. Type Zero, by the way, played that on a PS4. Amazing camera. Camera's a, the camera's <laughs> a mess, a mess. Like I, a uh, representative from Square came up to me when I was playing. And was like, we're gonna we're gonna work on fixing that. I'm like, this is te- like really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you <laughs> do not launch like this. Yeah. If, if the game if the game's in that shape, uh, in terms of the camera, temper your expectations. Number six. Kickstarter has updated its terms of use to help protect backers for never receiving the products they were promised. This is what they wrote in their blog explaining the update, Greg. Quote, For the overwhelming majority of projects, it's pretty simple. Creators finish the work they plan, backers are happy, and nobody sweats the details. But there are exceptions. Sometimes problems come up, projects don't go according to plan, and people wind up in the dark about what's supposed to happen next. So we're spelling it out. What's expected from backers, what's expected from creators, and what needs to happen if a project runs into trouble, end quote. The impetus is now on creators to explain everything to backers if they run into trouble, including how the money was spent. Uh, They wrote on the site, uh, in another part, uh, quote, when a project is successfully funded, the creator must complete the project and fulfill each reward, which was never spelled out, apparently, implicitly. Now, Um, you've been vocal about Kickstarter. Yeah, so I've gone back and forth on this because we had, um, on the other show we do, uh, talked a great deal about Kickstarter and how I didn't like it. But then when games started coming out that... um, were products Kickstarter, specifically Shovel Knight, I started to really rethink my, my position. Not that I don't think it's necessarily predatory, because I think it kind of is still, to like mm-hmm. get this huge lump sum of money for no promise reward immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that it's definitely developing games that wouldn't otherwise be made. And so you can't be intellectually honest with yourself and deny that. So, you know, I'm kind of in the middle on it now. Does this help you out more? Get you, get you yeah, to a better I think place with it? People need to be legally protected. I mean, there's just predatory things going on on, on Kickstarter games. It's, things are canceled and not delivered. <laughs> Potato salad. O- often. Kickstarter. Yeah, that, that was weird. <laughs> um, but, like, there was a game called Clang or whatever, which was basically, like, a sword fighting, um, uh, like, simulation. Mm-hmm. Like, supposed to be very historically accurate. They, they collected a bunch of money, and they did deliver, like, some sort of, like, really bare-bones alpha or whatever, but then they were just like, we can't finish the game, and they just disappear, you know? Bounced. And that's it? That's it. Mm-hmm. Number seven. A sequel to Watch Dogs is coming, of course, and Ubisoft Montreal's vice president of creative Lionel Reynaud admitted to gaming website CVG that it will fix a lot of what's wrong with the game, similar to how Assassin's Creed 2 fixed yeah. a lot of what was wrong in the original Assassin's Creed. He says, quote, We had a lot of flaws in the replayability of gameplay loops, and you could feel that Assassin's Creed was a first iteration. At the time, there was clear potential, but it was not easy to know if it was going to become the franchise that it is today. It's the same thing with Watch Dogs. It was difficult to do everything at the right level, which is why we took more time. There are flaws, obviously. We absolutely want to tackle these flaws and surprise players, and the way to tackle some of those flaws is going to be quite radical. Radical, man! And then the Ninja Turtles came out. (laughs) 
I love the Watch Dogs. Like, yeah. even with all its problems, um, I see something there. And it was like with the first Assassin's Creed, that's one of my favorite games. Establishing a new IP, establishing sure. a world. They've kind of done that here, or they have done that here. And uh, I'm not about iterating. really excited to hear about the sequel. Yeah. That, yeah. that was my thing. I didn't like Assassin's Creed 1, so I didn't even beat it. But I like I loved to Platinum. It had a great time. Mm-hmm. Watch Dogs, I popped in. I was like, I see where you're going. I'm just not along for the ride right now. Yeah. And so I imagine Watch Dogs 2 will come out and I'll be totally down. Yep. Hopefully they have more time and they don't have to rush it out, you know. New IP. It made like $500 million or something. It yeah. was like a crazy amount of money. So I knew a sequel was coming, but it's nice to hear them say it. Right. Yeah, Ubisoft is the... Um, Watch Dogs into it for me. I played it for a few hours and I can't play this game. Uh, they're the masters of stiff gameplay controls, man. I don't I don't <laughs> understand I don't understand like why Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs has to feel the way they feel. It's just so st- stunted and weird. Right. They, they both feel the same. I don't understand how Assassin's Creed five or whatever version we're on is still as popular as it is it seems to get more popular every yeah. release instead of declining audience i mean that's the same with call of duty right call of duty seems to be losing audience so i feel but like not like in not financially when you look at the numbers and stuff yeah. everyone's still the biggest entertainment launch of it's crazy yeah uh what i'm most interested in with uh assassin's creed is i feel like ubisoft made a tactical error by releasing the games on top of each other like mm-hmm. the, the last mm-hmm. gen and current gen ones yeah you can get people. There's gonna be so much double dipping between people that are fans of that series. You should have released, like, had it planned to release, like, the PS3 one, like, a few months before the PS4 one. Rogue and Unity. Yeah. You're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Now why. they launch the same week. It's weird. Like, I, that's a bad idea. Like, they, I think they're actually gonna cut into the the fact that people would have bought. They can't both. afford both. Exactly. Yeah. They could have if they spread them up. Number eight. Next-gen versions of NHL 15 on both PS4 and Xbox One has received its first free update in an attempt to rectify its shortcomings when it comes to available modes. This update improves via Pro Mode and Hockey Ultimate Team Mode, as well as adding Playoff Mode and the three-star ceremony at the end of each game. More updates are coming, including bringing online functionality to be a GM Mode online team play and more. That makes you happy, too, then. Yeah, I'm not going to play that game anymore. Well, I know, but you reviewed it, though. This, mm-hmm. These were complaints. Yeah. The community complained. Yeah, and they promised even before the game came out that they were going to start patching it and adding things, but you have to review the game. That's that's there. Yeah. Uh, number nine. Number nine. Game retail. This is really weird. Game retailing giant GameStop is interested in selling used digital content, specifically awesome. in the form of DLC. In a conversation with Ars Technica, Executive Vice President Mike Hogan made a comparison between World of Warcraft and Dota 2, where players buy, sell, and trade used goods with what his company wants to do on a console. Doing so, quote, would require a partnership between retailers and publishers, but absolutely, it could go that way. We're absolutely interested in pursuing that. There are a lot of examples where people have taken digital content and made it transferable from one consumer to another. That's not going to happen. No, it's, there's, there's too much no, legal stuff. It's not even that. There's no reason for. There's no absolutely no reason for the 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 sharehold the platform holders to do that. Like, why the, would they ever do that? This is the exact same thing we said about Mario and Sonic going to the Olympics. So don't say it's not possible. <laughs> That's just a weird story. I mean, it's I, super weird. It's a game, weird thing to yeah. say, but like, I totally. It's like it's what they want. It's just like us right now being like. I really think that Podcast Beyond could be like Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Beyond <laughs> network television. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to stay relevant. I mean, they're, GameStop is fine right now, but they're in a world of trouble in the few, next few years. And, and so the that's them trying to remain rel- relevant in the right. same way that they're really relevant with their used game market right now with you know with retail goods. But they're in, they're in a lot of trouble in the, in the future. I'm really super interested to see how they, how they actually evolve. Why would any game publisher or developer agree to that though when they're just like no we'll just do it ourselves thanks take 100% of the profit yeah they wouldn't I mean that's the thing you is know? that the the developer the, the like PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo have been playing ball with GameStop for a while because 
they understand that they need them to carry their hardware. This was a conversation we had when Vita came out, and everyone was curious, like, why aren't Vita digital games much cheaper? Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, well, you can't really undercut the the retailers because you need them to stock your stuff. But that's becoming less relevant. People are buying things on Amazon and mm-hmm. on, other places online, and when, eventually when the companies are comfortable flipping the switch and going against GameStop, it's going to be a bloodbath for, yeah. that, for that company, yeah. you know? Um, when you can get your games twenty dollars cheaper just on PSN, yeah, yeah. There's like like once they, like I know that they probably want to do that. Why wouldn't they? They would get more sales and volume, and therefore make more money. Yeah, you cut out the middleman, you cut out the distribution, you mm-hmm. cut out, you cut out all these things. You're already you've already made back the twenty bucks. Well, because the argument reason. right now is that okay, well, if they buy Assassin's Creed Five on PSN for sixty dollars, that's more money Sony's making, but. That's not necessarily true because if you, if the money is equivalent, then people would rather go into the store and probably have the hard good. But if yeah. you if you did undercut them, you'd sell much more and therefore make more profit in the end. Um, I've seen a lot of people getting tired of having the real copy, though. Like I, I, a lot yeah. of the limited editions, people are just like, it's just crap. Like, I don't need it, you know? And I can get it digitally. Yeah, and that's all forever. I want. I want the digital goods. Yeah, yeah when, so. when, when, when Sony and or Microsoft flip the switch on that, man, I'm surprised they have the, the conviction to not do that now. Mm. Well, you're not there yet. America can't support it yet. A lot of people don't want that stuff. We talk, I mean, we're in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Everybody out here, we you know, we live in San Francisco, we have enough space, and yeah. we also have internet that's, you know, arguably good. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's like, yeah, no problem. But you talk to anybody, like, in the middle of the country, they're like, well, my internet's not that great. It takes forever to download mm-hmm. this stuff, blah, blah, blah. No, I understand that, but I, I think Sony in particular is in a good place right now with PS4 where they're gonna, they could just be like, well, we're going to start charging less now for, for these games mm-hmm. on, on digital. And then GameStop or other retailers might flip out. And they're going to be like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to stop carrying our products? Because that's just going to hurt you. Yeah. you know? yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, there becomes a point where, the, you know, I wish I was a fly on the wall in some of these conversations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, still, there, we always talk about this, too, that, like with the Vita, right? There's all these kids write in to beyond.ign.com just like you can and say, oh, man, I went to Target to buy a Vita and it was sold out. I went to Best Buy and it was sold out. I really want a Vita, but I can't get one. Amazon.com. And I'm like, and like that flip this. <laughs> now you flip it to the Greg Miller life where last week I had to go to Target to try to find some limited edition Oreos. And I'm walking around Target and I'm like, I haven't been in a department store in use. I, when? When was the last time? This is so mm-hmm. bizarre to be here because I get everything delivered. Yeah. Even groceries. Yeah. Amazon Fresh. Yeah. Number 10. And finally, some game announcements and release date news, Greg. Oh, here we go. I did you, I did you proud, and I did this for you last week. Oh, right? I ran through a whole million. Horror game Poltergeist is coming to PS Vita via a two-man development team working out of Columbia and will launch in October. That looks fun. The inappropriate Senran Kagura Shinobi Versus has a release date on Vita and will launch on October 14th in North America and October 15th in Europe. Zodiac, which is a game I saw at, J- uh, at uh, TGS, a brand new Vita RPG from composer of Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Ogre and the writer of Final Fantasy VII, VIII, and Kingdom Hearts and more, is coming mm-hmm. out in 2015 and will also launch on iOS. That game is very Child of Light-like, uh, if you look it up. And Dark Souls 2's Crown of the Ivory King DLC has been delayed and won't come out to PS3 Aww. until October 1st. Is it coming out somewhere else on Xbox? Uh, that's the first, and 360 would be the next day, right? Cool. I didn't know if it was delayed. I didn't know if it was only delayed mm-hmm. on PlayStation or not. Destin. Yeah. That Poltergeist game mm-hmm. looks cool. Sounds it's spectacular. Cute. Yeah, you nailed it. There's <laughs> gonna be a lot of ha- Halloweens around here. Oh, that's um, cool. but if I wanted to know what came to stores this week, where would I go? IGN.com. No. Totally <laughs> <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you go to the uh, the Andrew Goldfarb Memorial official list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. Of course. I forgot to do this last year. Last week. Last year. I don't even know what I did last year at all. You do. 2013. Great year. Yeah, it was a great year. Uh, a lot of games this week. 
PS3. Yeah. R No Surge Ode to an Unborn Star. Mother, I've been Role waiting. Role-playing game. I've been waiting. Digital and retail. Arcana Heart 3 Love Max fighting game. That's digital a, and retail. Oh, Fifteen. Digital and retail. Slender The Arrival. Digital. Oh, okay. PS4, Castle Storm Definitive Edition is available digitally. Defense Grid 2 is available digitally. FIFA 15 is available digitally and at retail. Flockers is available digitally. It's a funny name. It is. Vita, Arcana Heart 3, Love Max, digital and retail. FIFA 15, digital and retail. Frozen Synapse Prime, which looks awesome, is available digital. It's a strategy RPG. And PS2 Classic, Wally. What? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We are throwing around the term PlayStation 2 Classic quite a bit nowadays, are we? Shuhei Yoshida. Let's go to questions. Remember, be part of the show. Beyond at IGN.com, just like David did. David writes in and says, hello. Hello. Hi. Good Hi, to see David. you. I've been holding off on buying a PlayStation 4 until that elusive must-have game comes out. At the moment, there's nothing I can see that provides the definitive, quote, next-gen leap for gamers like me who see little difference in gaming experiences offered between PS3 and PS4. With Infamous, Killzone, and now Destiny proving to be disappointments, I argue that, and other big titles like Arkham Knight and Uncharted 4 not appearing until well into 2015, do you think that Drive Club has the potential to be PlayStation <laughs> Force first unmissable title and become instrumental in shifting the next 10 million console. Is this a real email? Or Beyond you this is a real email. I you're la- like hysterically laughing. I am about. hysterically laughing at it just because no, Drive Club doesn't no. I don't have everything a goddamn chance. coming out like next month, Drive Club yeah. is the game coming out later. I love how that had you like in tears. It's just like, really? God bless him. Good luck to you, Drive Club, but come on. <laughs> yeah, Drive Club's in trouble, I think. The I've not played it. I don't play racing games. I have no input on if it's good or bad. Right. I just know that there is way too much coming out, and that Drive Club has significantly bad mojo because it is a year delayed um, mm-hmm. for just whatever reason. I played it was that supposed game. to be a launch game, and then like yeah. a month before it came out, they're like, oh, it's not ready. No, 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 I'm going to do that. I think I played that game the last three years. or ever, Since the PlayStation announcement, I played that at E3 every year and a bunch of other events, and it's a good racer. It should have came out at launch. But I, I mean, that's the thing is, is it's another sim racer. It's not Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. Forza is already – now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there – I know Forza is coming out right now. Forza Motorsport 5 and Hor- Forza Horizon 2 is was, coming out very wh- shortly. Was there, a, was there a racing game on Xbox One at launch? I forget. Yeah, there was. Forza. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. that's You can see why it's confusing to a non-racing fan, yeah. that there's so many and goddamn speed. Forzas. Yeah. And that's and I mean, like, I still stand by the fact that I'm not a racing fan. I've, I, you know, they whenever they would send me to Gran Turismo to do events, I'm just in the uh. wall. I can't get off the <laughs> wall. But, like, I'm, I'm really excited for the crew. The crew's like okay. smugglers run with RPG elements across the United States. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Ian, totally. You know, I'm, because it's fun and it's great. And, it's, and I look at Drive Club and I've never seen anything that looks fun about that game. Other yeah. than, you know, you're managing and you have this club and you're all driving around. It's like, yeah, all right, man. Like, and, all, <laughs> and also, it's like, it's typical old school Sony, right? Where like, does anyone know this game's coming up? Like, where, where uh, there's no marketing push no, for this. I think, you know? I think they're going to poop it out and be done with it like just sneak it in there yeah, yeah. it's like hey drive club, by the way it's a shame because uh evolution's good great studio and mm-hmm. you know i don't understand why they didn't just stick with motorstorm and or do something like more you know arcadey oh, yeah, yeah i forgot about motorstorm, motorstorm I, yeah i had a great yeah. time with too it's those just, games were fun it was, it was mm-hmm. back to what we were talking about earlier video games being fun right it's about the type of racer you like i guess do you like the sure. the super realistic you know tune up your car, make right, it right, faster, right. or do you like fun, like Need for Speed's my kind of game. Yeah, you yeah. Know? 
uh, Forza on the Xbox, super realistic. Also, I like, or do you like fun? <laughs> <laughs> do you like tuning up your car? You like having a good time? It just yeah. seems, I mean, it just seems really, Drive Club was just always, from the word go, like just a weird project. You know, I was at Manhattan. I was in Manhattan when they announced PS4. I was there. I was like, "Why are you announcing a sim like a simulation racer?" That isn't Grand Turismo. That isn't Grand Turismo. You already have a studio that makes them better than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are you using another one of your studios that is known for making arcade racing games? Mm-hmm. And then you, meanwhile, you have like all of these arcade or different kind of racing IP that you could have used, like Motorstorm or Wipeout, and you oh, Wipeout. and you make Drive yeah. Club, which is just not Grand Turismo. Mm-hmm. To a lot of people, like right. they're waiting for Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo was certainly going to come to PS4. Uh, it doesn't. I don't. I just that was just ill-conceived. Like I don't understand. So obviously, you know, we have our copies. It's being reviewed. I think in Australia. Um, I have zero interest in playing it. Uh, yeah. I hope it's great. Um, I hope people enjoy it. But I, I, I don't think it's going to move 10 million units. Is the question yeah. was asked here? It's not the. It's Jesus. not the first definitive next gen. Here's how what the PlayStation 4 can do game. For, for context, was Gran Turismo yeah. 5 sold about 10 million units. No. You know, which is considered like arguably, or no, I'm sorry, Grant, no, huge. it was yeah, it was Grand Turismo Five, which is considered like one of the great racing games of all time. Yeah. So, and remember that Grand Turismo Six then came out and like was a dud. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's too much competition, and it was just like I said. I think for a hardcore gamers that are engaged, and what, this is the ironic thing you were asking about. Where's the advertising push? Who knows about this game? The people that would casually buy Drive Club don't know about it. The people that would buy Drive Club know about it because it's been delayed for a year, and right. therefore they're not going to be, <laughs> they're, and they're therefore not going to be interested in it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like it's kind of a catch twenty two. I feel bad for Evolution. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Final question of the week comes from Robert. He says, greetings to all, including our beloved insert name here, occupying the ever-rotating third That's chair. That's me. That's you, Destin. Thanks. He says hi to you. So I was wondering what you guys thought were in the likelihood of Silent Hills having Project Morpheus compatibility. Oh I know, my god. I know most are expecting this tech for shooters, but I think survival horror would be more beneficial to both itself and VR if Silent Hills was one of the first games on Morpheus Beyond. That would be awesome, first right. of all. I would love that. It would have to come out in like two years, at least, for them to incorporate that technology. Yeah, when is Silent Hills coming out? Dude? I don't think they've said thing? anything about a date. So we yeah. have the playable teaser, right? Yeah. We've all PT. checked that out. Uh, we have a trailer, but I feel like that's at least two years down the road yeah. before launch. Of Plus Silent where Hills. Morpheus is in the pipeline of coming out and being yeah. a real piece of hardware you get. Late 2015, early 2016. I mean, yeah. for me, it goes back to it sounds cool on paper, but the, yeah. I, I hope, and I, you ta- when we talked to Shu about it in at, at uh, GDC when we were talking about Morpheus, he said you know that for Morpheus to be a success, games need to be built from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And so right there is your problem. Like, yeah. just tacking it on to Silent Hills isn't going to be awesome. It's, I, I would love a game like Silent Hills in that walking around, you know, yeah. doing all the things, but I don't think tacking it on is the way to go. Because then it just becomes move controls on Bioshock Infinite. I think Kojima is brave enough to give it a chance, though. Sure. But if you have to build it from the ground up, I feel like they're too far in. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you're going to see Silent Hills anytime soon. But Norman Reedus. <laughs> uh, Kojima's involvement in it indicates that. You're not going to see it anytime soon. He's got that p- fan of pain. Yeah, he's busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say you see it in spring 2017. 2017? That sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. probably right. Okay. Kojima was eating uh, breakfast at our Yeah, like hotel. right beside us. Yeah. Did you say hey? <laughs> no. I, I want to. boy Greg to. says, what's up? I don't want to bother him. Yeah. 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 All right, whatever. Time for our favorite segment, Colin. The worst PlayStation Network name of the week. This one comes from Rick C. He says, hi, Greg, Colin, and whoever. 
I created That's my me. I created my PSN name Dancer Boy 411 <laughs> back when I was a professional ballet dancer. Now that I'm an IT engineer and looking for a wife, the name no longer seems appropriate. <laughs> However, that's not why I'm writing in. You guys have danced around the subject, but I've never heard you have a really good discussion about how much you would pay to be able to change your name. For me, if it were $40 or under, it would be a no-brainer. Why would Shuhei leave that money on the table? Please, Shu, take my money beyond Rick C. So it's true. We always do talk about this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, people want the option. You can sell it. You can make a lot of money. What do you think is reasonable to change your PSN name? I think ten dollars is probably reasonable. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, that the that is a funny thing though because people would. There's some people out there that pay a lot of money to change their name. <laughs> right. You he know, says like, forty dollars. Yeah. Like says- I, I did. I started doing the math because I think I'm going to write a piece about this soon about like why they won't do this and like what they you know why it's important and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, they are leaving tens of millions of dollars in revenue a year on the table just yeah. because if you could change your name at will you're going to do it all a lot of people are just going to do it anytime they want and even if you locked it to like once or twice a year you're still leaving tons and tons of money on there i think now, they do it for 15 i think 14.99 would be where they yeah, that's, settled i think i, I, I think 19.99 you think so i think if they were to do it that would be the price point they launch at sure but i see what you're doing with 14.99 because it's that whole mental thing about you're not spending 15 dollars yeah, 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 yeah 14 you know it doesn't sound outrageous. Yep. It's like, oh, that sucks, but I've been waiting. I don't want to be Dancer Boy 411 anymore. I mean, they have to communicate to people that obviously this is very complicated, that PSN cannot do it right now for whatever reason. I, like, cannot fathom why the PlayStation <laughs> Network cannot. Like, it's it is date, so, it is like so annoying. It's so it's annoying spreadsheet. <laughs> that, like, they can't figure this out yeah. or they just don't want to or they like... I think they want to. I mean, we've talked about it on the E3 shows with Shu. Like, he knows people want it. It's just like... It's got to be built on popsicle sticks over there. <laughs> it's like Jenga. You move one block and maybe the whole tower comes down. It's just like with the PS, like with the adjustments they must have made the PSN for PS4. You think they would have? Yeah, built but, you, this but in. it's still the base network, right? It's still all tied into the same thing. Yeah, it's just I don't know. PlayStation I, I, 3, I, PSN I am confident that I am confident they're going to do it. It's just a matter of, and they they said I think in the spring that they are looking into it, like actively do, yeah. trying to do it. Um, there was like some interviews. Some guy from PSN gave where he's like, "We know it's important and." We're on it. We're figure. We're trying to figure it out. It's just like how, how hard could it possibly? Like I understand it's difficult. I'm not an engineer. It's, I'm sure PSN's very complicated. I'm sure it's difficult. But like, the PSN is eight years old. Yeah. You know, more than that. You n- figure it out. Yeah. You know I mean? Sort it out. Figure it out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's been Podcast Beyond episode 361. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. Remember, every Tuesday, Podcast Beyond posts as an MP3 on the podcast service of your choice, whether it be iTunes, IGN.com, Zune, wherever Zune things come from. I don't know. Uh, and then, every Wednesday, the video goes up on IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN, and of course, IGN's free PlayStation 4 app, which you should buy. Uh, remember that IGN.com is what keeps the mics on, so go there, read the articles, watch the videos, sign up for Prime, contribute to wikis, uh, be a Write a little fan letter to Eric Martin. Say hi from me. <laughs> Do all that stuff. Then make sure you follow us all on Twitter. IGN is IGN. I'm Game Over Druggy. Colin is no taxation. Destin is Destin Legary? Yep. Okay, good. You changed it at one point, I remember, right? I think it was. No, it was always Destin Legary. It's been okay. that way for like at least two years. Okay, cool. It's your it's your gaming handles that throw me. Oh, okay, yeah. Gaming I... handles are both Destin L. Okay. I'm well, very then, generic with my But isn't there a Destin words. IRL too? Oh, okay. So when I signed up to Xbox Live, it was Destin RL, yeah. and then I had a month lapse, and there's like you're locked out of that account for the rest of your uh, life. And I'm like, well, great. So it changed it to Destin L, and now I just keep that universal. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, every podcast beyond ends in a segment where we play one of your songs. We call it Ryan's wrap up. Today's song comes from Tony. Tony says, 
Greg Collin in the ever-rotating third chair. Beyond. 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 My name is Tony, and I'm an indie artist from Atlanta, Georgia. Huge fan of the show and have been listening for years and finally decided it would be wonderful if you played a recent song of mine for Ryan's wrap-up. My music is sort of a blend of electronic pop and indie rock. This song, World 1-1, was featured and inspired by video games and features some... I've screwed that up. This song, one, World 1-1, was inspired by video games and features some classically retro sounds. If you like it, you can download it on Bandcamp, iTunes, etc. for free. Thanks for all the laughs you guys provide me and the music you share with the rest of the Beyond nation tony tony it's our pleasure to play world 1-1 you can go find it all over the internet here it is ladies and gentlemen beyond beyond beyond
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.